Hello, everyone. Due to some extreme weather conditions and the Texas power grid being unable to meet the energy demands uh, prompted by said conditions, um, several of us, uh, actually all three of uh, those of us that host this uh, program, have been without power for the better part of the last two days upon my recording of this intro. We could still be without power for upwards of almost three days by the time you're listening to this, if you listen to it on Wednesday when it comes out. Um, but because of that, we were not able to record our scheduled episode for this week. So we're dipping into the vault, uh, something we recorded over the summer, um, something that we wanted to talk about but never quite figured out where it fit into our release schedule because it's a little different than most episodes that we do. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Black is Beautiful initiative started by Marcus at Weathered Souls Brewing in San Antonio, Texas. Um, it's an all-beer episode. We don't talk about any movies, and for that reason, we were unsure of when and where to release it. Um, and it's just been kind of sitting in the beer in a movie vault for the last several months. I think we recorded it in July or August. Um but it seemed like a good time to release it since we weren't able to get an episode together for this week uh, due to those power outages. So uh, if you're here for the movies, this might not be the episode for you, but if you enjoy our discussion of beer, uh, then this definitely is the episode for you as we will be talking about the Black is Beautiful beers and we will be uh, tasting a few different variants of said beers. Um most breweries I think that participated, there was over a thousand from something like a dozen different countries. Um, we might, that stat has definitely changed since the recording of this episode. Um, most have sold out of their black is beautiful offerings, but I know that the weathered souls, black is beautiful brew is making its way into Walmarts and other big chain retailers. Uh, so depending on your area, you can probably still get a hold of that and try it out. And maybe your local brewery still has, um, few pours left of their black is beautiful beer if they participated which they should have um yeah so an all beer episode um sorry about the disruption in our regularly scheduled programming um the episode we were planning to release today february 17th uh, will now be released on the 24th that's next week uh if you want to get ahead of us and watch those films before you listen to the episode um i will tell you what they are uh we're going to be talking about uh judas and the black messiah starring daniel kaluuya and lakeith stanfield it is on hbo max or a theater uh near you if you're brave enough to head out to a theater which we are not um and we're going to be pairing that with 1967's in the heat of the night uh five-time academy award-winning film i believe um then the week after that on march 3rd uh we're going to be talking about the much lauded and uh, buzzed about film Nomadland, uh, which will be streaming on Hulu starting on February 19th. That will also be in theaters. We haven't picked a companion film for that one yet, um, but that's what we're going to be doing on March 3rd. And then March 10th will be our best of 2020 year in review style episode. Of course, there are going to be a couple films we watched in the first few months of 2021 because of how weird release schedules are and all that kind of thing. Um, but all stuff that was either released in limited capacity or was supposed to be released in 2020. Um, so that is what's going on in the next few weeks. Um, unfortunately, because of the situation that we are in, um, there won't be a Patreon episode this week. So if you're on there or you're thinking about getting on there, um, 
weren't able to record a bonus episode either. So that is unfortunate, but we will get back at it next week. Um, so we hope you enjoy what we were able to release this week. Um, thanks for listening as always. Also wanted to remind everyone that over the summer when we recorded this episode, we were recording all of our episodes remotely. So you will hear a slight difference in audio quality from what you're used to from our more recent episodes where we have gotten back into the studio. Um, so yeah, this is one of those quarantine episodes um, where David and Joe are Skyping into me in the studio. Um, so slight difference in audio quality might be a little bit jarring at first. Um, but that's what's going on there. Not to fear, we will be back to the premium quality content that you have grown accustomed to when it comes to beer in a movie. Here's the episode. Hello, welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes giving ourselves, uh, fuck, I fucked it up. Hey, you never do that. It's been a while. What happened? Uh, uh, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. And, and, and Carlos, we forgive you. You're still recovering from last week's mega episode. That was a rough, <laughs> that was a crazy ride. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, I can't remember the exact runtime of that one, but I think, was was it the first time we passed two hours? I think it might have been. It should have been. I mean, we yeah. had a lot to talk about. I don't, with I don't the, know if we've ever done that before. But yeah, this is 101. We're entering the second century of Beer in a Movie. Uh, but yeah, so in doing that, um, we're going to deviate from format just a little bit. Um, we got, so we got something special to talk about. Yeah. David, you want to catch us up on that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've alluded to this, I think a couple times on, on some recent episodes that we were excited for this new campaign, uh, that, that has been put together by, uh, weathered souls brewing, out of San Antonio, and actually their owner and head brewer, uh, Marcus Baskerville, in reaction to, uh, or, or in solidarity with a lot of the folks out there in the world these days who are trying to advocate loudly for social justice and, uh, and getting uh, people who have uh, struggled, people of color, um, getting their struggles acknowledged and perhaps addressed uh, in, in the ways that they should be, um, adding their voices to that with this campaign called Black is Beautiful. And, and so I know we've alluded to it a little bit, uh, but now we've actually gotten our hands on the beers. So that, so we're excited that we're going to be able, we have two of our breweries in the local market. Um, we're just to remind our listeners, we're in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, and, and actually, I think at this point, a total of three breweries have signed on, but two have already released their beers. The third, hopefully, we'll have at a future date. Um, and I know I'm, I'm already working on tracking down some others from across the country, because how many are we up to now, Carlos? What there was are, the last number? There are over a thousand breweries uh, internationally. Right. 
So this yeah. is this is incredible. You it's know, like the, over Mar- a thousand breweries, like eighteen or nineteen countries, or something like that. Right. I I've been chasing craft beer in earnest for seven years, and I cannot recall the first time that this specific thing has occurred. And if even if you re- even if you remove the the Black Lives Matter or or it, it, fighting for equality through the craft beer scene, remove it from the equation. When is the last time that over a thousand breweries have shared a recipe, put your own twist on it? These are beers that everybody wants to get their hands on, really as many as I can. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's basically a thousand plus brewery collab. Yeah, in a sense, which is crazy. It's, it's, then you right. add you add that social element to it, and it makes it even more special. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty cool because I mean, so the, so the base recipe, if we haven't already mentioned it, is an imperial stout. Okay, so it's it's you know sort of based on this recipe that actually I think you can get if you just go to the website. It's it's yeah. sort of publicly available. You can I get know it for home, home brewing. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say home brewers are doing this. So um, you you have all all these breweries kind of looking at this foundational base recipe but a lot of them are doing what they want adding some adjuncts i know weathered souls has even they've had a few different versions that they've done already and i think they maybe yeah i think they they have a fourth coming soon um you know adding is a fourth coming soon or a fifth you might either way i mean i know i know that they just announced yeah, I know they've just announced that a new batch is coming, and it has a little bit of a different uh, ingredient list. So it's 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 really kind of cool. And like to your point, Joe, um, you know, when's the last time? The last time was never. This is <laughs> this is sort of an unprecedented. Uh, you know, they're calling it a campaign, uh, which I think is appropriate. But also, I think you know the term collaboration. This idea that um, you know as as these small breweries operate across the country, they're not so much competitors as they are members of a community. And I think that is one of the things, I I know this has come up on the show before, but it's one of the things that I really have loved about craft beer and getting into craft beer is that very quickly you realize that all, well not all, but you know, many of the brewers know each other. They exchange ideas, recipes when they're starting up, they give each other help. When equipment breaks down, they'll they'll uh, pitch in. So this is just kind of a logical extension of that, but done on this grander scale that I don't think, again, that I've ever seen before. It, I mean, it really is something else that there has that this has been possible. Yeah. And, the, and the nature of the whole thing is that you're most likely going to be drinking local beer because those are the ones that are closest to you. Those are the ones that are most available. And David, I know you said you're tracking down a couple, one or more from around the country, but we've got two local beers here. And I would encourage, even before we talk about what we're drinking, Black is Beautiful, the, the you know this is gonna come out on uh, early August, 2020. They are being released right now. So if you live near a local brewery, chances are, they 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 might have participated they did participate go get some of this because i've already tried a couple of these black is beautiful beers and none of them have been bad they've all been great right now we love our texas breweries texas is the number one amount of breweries that we've drank on the show but we love our local breweries and we we've drank beers from both of the local breweries that we'll be talking about today in previous episodes Right, right. So th- yeah. this is this is our opportunity to again revisit um, a, a couple of, of locals uh, that that 
as Joe has said, we, we've sampled from before. But it's really a cool opportunity to have a beer, sort of two versions of the same beer side by side, you know, and uh, and already right off the bat pouring these, there's distinct color differences. You see the head on these. Uh, so we, the two breweries we're talking about here, one is Rebel Toad Brewing. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, <laughs> um, a, a favorite of ours. Uh, we, we, we've had a That's few of their beers. Most recently, I think Suicide Blonde we did. Um, that was the most recent one, but we've yeah. done uh, others of theirs in the past. Well, if you want to, if you want to hear about the local brewery scene, you go back to episode thirty-one, where we did our infamous live episode, where yes. we discussed Smokey and the Bandit and Strange Brew and drank seven beers from Corpus Christi. Our infamous live episode. Oh yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Rebel did Toad we really is seven beers. I think so. Yeah, but s- small pours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that that does include the original Coors. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, that's right. The banquet. Yeah. Been drinking yeah. a lot so of I said, I said local. They're, they're clearly not local, but um, yeah, you went wah, 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 during Rebel Toad, Carlos. Yeah, uh, Rebel Toad is one of our favorites. Yeah, um, and the other brewery is B and J's, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. Joe, you had just sh- shared data with us earlier. I know we've done at least one or two of their beers. What? what yeah, you go back to episode thirty-one. We we drank right. a couple of beers at that uh, Corpus Christi Brewery Festival during that live episode. But then, just a, a few episodes ago, when we watched Le Choc de Futur, we drank their Vix Petite Strawberry oh, Blonde. Yes. Right. That's yeah. right. Um, so, you know, it's it's cool. And they're a little bit more of a brew pub, although now they've gotten into the Crowler game, so you can you can take the beer away, which is very convenient given uh, the, the whole curbside uh, mode that most of us have kind of gone into with a lot of dining and, and even drinking these days. So, um, but side by side, I mean, I noticed right off the bat, the, uh, the B&J's has a little bit more of a uh, tan sort of head It's got to a darker it head, than, yeah. Yeah, a little darker head. Um, you well, know, they're we both... Neg- we, we neglected to mention that it is the brewer's prerogative to add or tweak the recipe and right. B&J's did with a local coffee roaster I'll give them a plug, Roastorium they're my favorite yeah. locally they added some of those Roastorium coffee beans to this Imperial Stout and you get it on on the nose I mean my god, yeah, big I, time. Go, go in for a sniff on that, I mean there is like a coffee note in the Rebel Toad, but it is so there. It's so present in the uh, B&Js. So it makes sense that they added some of that uh, coffee from Roastorium, which I will also uh, endorse uh, as, a, as a great uh, roastery. Is that what we call roast? I roastery, mean, they yeah. are a roastorium. Yeah. Um, you might want to call them a roastorium. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll also give credit to Driftwood. They're doing good work in town, but, but it's great to have it's great to have two great local roasteries um, operating. But anyway, the, three. the lighter three. Who's the third? Cafe Calypso roasts their own beans. Oh, that's right. They but they don't they don't sell them. They sell to their beans, yeah. We're not to other oh. coffee shops, but you can go buy right. out of Cafe Calypso for your own personal use. Yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Their coconut. Uh, roast is ooh, so good. Anyhow, um, and, and if B and J's clocks in at a ten percent ABV. Yeah, which is the like estimated ABV as per right. the uh, creator of the recipe, Marcus. Um, Rebel Toads came in a little lower at eight point five. Right, both variations that they did, because um, Rebel Toad did mix it up and did a uh, a chocolate hazelnut variant. Oh as well that's right yeah they, um, brew, they brewed two of them they did yeah uh but i wanted because i knew that bnj's had a twist on theirs and so i kind of wanted to go 
I think I was the one that kind of steered us in this direction a little bit. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. But go with Rebel Toad's base version of it mm-hmm. without the just yeah. to kind of get a sense of like what it's supposed to be just on its own just the recipe that marcus gave everybody without any kind yeah. of uh flair or pizzazz or anything like that and so what what i'm gonna what i'll say about the two of these is one thing i like about the bnj's one i feel like it pours a bit thicker yep i agree and at least right now at the temperature it's at which isn't super cold um but definitely not hasn't really warmed up either i'm getting a lot of that coffee and it's it's got i have had a can of this already by the way and so the reason i'm having trouble right now is because i don't remember my first experience with it being as good as this one is (laughs) The, the first can i had wasn't bad by any means but it was a little i feel like it was a little different i don't know um but this is good. Uh, yeah, you get that roastiness from the coffee. It is uh, it, it is thick. It's uh, a little darker, like we were saying. But I'll tell you what I like about the about the Rebel Toad one. I'm getting some vanilla kind of... I'm getting a little more vanilla, maybe caramel kind of like flavors coming in. And it makes me want to take a bunch of marshmallow fluff and put it in there in a French press and let it sit. And really <laughs> just like, you know, take it to the next level, which I might do with my remaining crowler. I think I have... I have a, I have a, a remaining crowler of all three, the, the B and Js and both Rebel Toads. So maybe I'll get a little crazy in the kitchen, see what happens. I've got to imagine that our listeners that are the that are on the beer side of beer in the movie have already raided their local breweries to get the anything that was available locally the way that the three of us did. We we are able to divide and conquer. I went to B and J's to pick them up. There's they're selling a 16 ounce can at a lower price point, so I bought more than I intended. The Rebel Toads are coming in at that 32 ounce crowler. Yeah. So you, you put that thing in your hand and I'm sitting here by myself and I go, holy Lord, I've got a lot of beer to drink. <laughs> so I had extras of all three variants in my refrigerator and i've only had one prior to now and it was that b and j's because it was the smaller can i could enjoy that alone eat more easily and i gotta tell you the first pour and this pour this is an exceptional beer and i'm gonna tell you that that i hope that this is a and i'm now i'm being i'm being very local i'm being very meta that this is a indication that their future beers are going to be as awesome as this one is because i'm enjoying this uh, coffee bean infused black is beautiful immensely and i did the other night the night that we picked these up well look here's the thing i mean if if i think we talked about it a little bit in our exclusive beer and movie group chat head over to patreon.com slash beer and a movie to get your exclusive access to that uh very exclusive group chat um, you must have been busy <laughs> no we don't have a patreon <laughs> yet shows you how old this episode is we do have a patreon patreon.com slash beer and a movie podcast five dollars a month gets you a bonus episode every single week to go along with our main episode but uh we had talked about how B and J's really excels kind of at the darker beers. I feel, uh, yeah. And I mean, I've had some good lighter beers from them. Um, their their pecan porter, for example, is pretty exceptional locally. Yeah, the fluffernutter stout they did, I really liked. That was really um, good. And so I, I feel like the darker, the more that brew pub kind of shines. And so the fact that this really just leaned into their skill set 
and mm-hmm. like what what they're already kind of best at was exciting. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Hector will be the first to tell you that when he started Rebel Toad, he wasn't intending on being known for his porter. <laughs> Uh, but the angry he man is, porter is. is a staple i mean it's a, sure probably the best porter that you can get in town i would say i love that beer it's always if i can't make up my mind uh in at a pre-covid draft house or like you know when we used to go places uh right. if i couldn't make up my mind and i saw they had angry man it's tried and true i'm gonna go to it that's my that's my uh el chingon um and so uh, this kind of going as a porter yeah <laughs> uh, that's I mean, I, and look i mean yeah but it, but it's different because other people like this el chingon no. <laughs> it's not just you that's true that's true I, yes, you yes, know it's yes. i think i think that <laughs> i think that by the time i started uh doing this podcast i had kind of uh started to broaden my palette as far as styles go but like really my first like year or year and a half in craft beer, I had probably barely touched an IPA. Right. I was just like super stout, porter heavy. Well, you're, and you're still kind of, uh, as, as far as the older school IPAs that we have, you, you tend to be the one who has the least interest in them. I yeah. mean, you, but it's, I it's been like, more as they've gone, even a juicy one, you, you probably sometimes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was a time where I didn't drink a beer that was lighter than Shiner Bach, like ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, but so and so this this is nice it's kind of taking me back to like when my when i was just beginning my craft beer journey and Mm -hmm. seeking out almost exclusively kind of stuff like this in this style um which is when my love for angry man began yeah it's it's fun to have these side by side i mean i think they're both really good beers um so i i want to start there but i think a lot of the things that you were noting carlos that sort of sort of differentiate them are there for sure i mean i with the B and J's, I definitely get a heftier sort of mouthfeel, and like you say, you even see it when you pour. Um, the coffee gives it a cer- certain kind of richness that, that's there. So, that, so from the body and that, it's also less carbonated. So that yeah. you know, it, it kind of like all those things together make it a richer, kind of more luxurious drinking experience. It's something like I want to almost have like a cigar with or something. That it, it would, it would not that I'm a big cigar smoker, but um, that that is something that I've experienced before and enjoyed, and I can imagine that working. Speaking of speaking of movies, I just recently finished uh, the Last Dance, that ten part documentary series, which I guess. Mm. Technically, it's a 10-hour movie. I watched an episode, yeah. First of all, how you could watch an episode of that and not just immediately binge and get totally engulfed in that series is incredible. I don't know how you (laughs) did that. The the secret is don't care about basketball. (laughs) I don't know how you do that either, but... (laughs) <laughs> the reason that this came to my <laughs> the reason this came to mind is because Michael Jordan smokes hands down the longest cigars I've ever seen in my life. Like he's a big dude, and they look ridiculous in his hands. I can't imagine if I was holding one of those things. Everyone go watch the Last Dance. That's my. Uh, it, it has my been. A, it's been a, been a pandemic craze. Yeah, I mean, people it has. Um, so good. We, di- we digress. Be- yeah. Before I totally lose it, though, I do think that there's some definite, like, I, with the Rebel Toad uh, version here, the straight, because as Carlos has mentioned, um, there is a chocolate hazelnut variant there, um, yeah. w- which is a little different. And I haven't I tried enjoyed, that. I enjoyed yet. one of those last night. 
Okay. I, I'm looking forward to trying it. But this one, their standard take on it, which is a little lower in ABV, a little lighter in body, more carbonated, still a very good beer. It's actually maybe an easier drinking beer in a certain sense. Like I could probably, given that it's the 32-ounce growler, that's probably better because <laughs> if it was a 32 ounce of the B and J's, I don't think I'd stand any chance. Of, oh, of no working. way. No way. Um, but, but the way that the rebel toad works, it's, it's actually a more drinkable Imperial stout than you would typically encounter just because it is on the lower end of that Imperial spectrum. I think yeah. the 8.5. Yeah. I and, agree. uh, anyway, so I, both I think are really nice entries and it's super, exciting to think that we're going to be drinking more of these in the coming weeks as we get our hands on them and like you say we we never know i mean weathered souls is doing multiple versions hopefully uh if rebel toad and b and j's have good experience with these maybe they'll do some more in the future um i'd love to see it. but yeah yeah with, with some different additions i think and I, I didn't and i didn't know how we do this like are we going to compare and talk about our favorites i don't think they need to be compared I, and i think that that almost goes against the grain of the entire initiative that black is beautiful is trying to do these are two separate beers they share the same but equal they, sh they share the same core recipe uh-huh and if i had both of a few more of both of these in my refrigerator i would drink different ones at different times for different occasions yeah yeah there's 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 no favorite there's no better there's no best there's no worse these are just two really fantastic beers now do you attribute that guys to the to the strength of the core recipe like in other words no one could fail when they made this because i've had three of these black is beautifuls now and i've had a positive experience every single time I think somebody could fail if they tried. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we may stumble upon one, but I, I think your sentiment is right, Joe, where it's it's sort of just, it's a great opportunity to see this kind of collaboration and, and this cooperation within the craft beer community. And and hey, let, let's, you know, be, be blunt here. This is a time where our local breweries are suffering, right? I mean, this is a time where most local breweries have taken a big hit, as most of our local businesses and you know, businesses in general have. Not if, you, if you believe the news, David, some of the headlines I've read, it, it's bleak. It's bleak out there, and there's going to oh. be a lot of local breweries across this country that do not survive what we are going through right now. And, and we're seeing them in much bigger uh, busier markets than our own. I mean, Austin, uh, there's a brewery there, Skull something. Skull I Mechanics, I, I think. Thank you. Who I've never had the chance of trying. They've closed up. I don't think they had been around that long, but I, I think, you know, getting hit with something like this, if you don't have that deep safety net, which most breweries don't, it can be really tough. Now, I will applaud several of our breweries in town. I mean, I think most of them have made a valiant effort to try to do that curbside thing. And to whatever extent TABC has, that is their, the local sort of state regulation body um, for alcohol here to, to not get too far into the weeds. But, you know, as much as they've allowed them to do, they've been doing it and they've gotten creative about it. And it seems like they're staying afloat. I really hope that they can through this. But in this moment where you have breweries just just clinging themselves to make it work that they're still able to join into a project a campaign like this that's about giving back because the proceeds on this the profit that they're making on these beers goes to it has to to be part of the campaign it has to go to some cause that um 
that weathered souls, the, the, the people who are running this, have sort of vetted and said, yes, this is a worthy social justice cause that's going to ultimately help people of color and their struggles. And, uh, and, and here you go. So it's, it's pretty amazing that they're able to do that in a moment where it seems like it's an all hands on deck. They got to do everything they can to just stay afloat. Yeah, and the um, do you remember what cause BNJs is going to? The Rebel Toad one is going to uh, the Texas Association of Black Personnel in Higher Education, I believe. Right. I got Great all those words right. Here in, yes, you yeah. you got it exactly right. Um, and they do they they um, do a lot of different kinds of programs. They stage different events. They do a Juneteenth celebration every year. So they they've been in our community a very important piece of what has kept sort of the african-american experience and history and and forward looking you know trying to ensure that there's a future there for leaders in the, in the uh, black community here so th that was really exciting b and j's i'm not sure i do i remember at some point seeing what it was that they were um giving money to you you guys vamp i'm looking it up okay um and then of course lorelei's giving it to the cops did, is that what they well you it's know, like a they, it's like a police training reform it is you're right and and Charity. you know i, 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 I think it's literally called training reform i think you're right um with that i mean this again these are vetted by baskerville and his team and and weathered souls i'm going to give all of them the uh the benefit of the doubt but it's a great idea it's a great concept oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. exciting to see it being uh, pulled off all around the country. And I'm seeing it reported from all over, over, because I follow a lot of breweries. You guys follow breweries um, outside of the state. And you're seeing them drop their releases as we speak. And Joe, what, so what is B&J's? Well, the portion of the proceeds that are earmarked for the cause is going to MAP of Texas. It's a minority advancement uh, project oh, of Texas that's right, that's right. In, in the coastal bend. And, you know, I mean, my God. These are probably organizations that are dying for donation dollars. What a fantastic initiative. The whole thing is amazing. Yeah. It's it's really cool. And like I said, for me, it it's just another reminder of how craft beer is, is different than a lot of industries, quote unquote. Um, because it really, it, yes, these people are out to make profits. P these people want to make a living. They want to do well, right? I mean, I know we know most of these local breweries and who their owners are and what they're doing. Well, they're all of our friends. Yeah. Many of them are. And to think that um, they're able to do that, but also maintain this kind of social consciousness, this interest in connection and community amongst each other, not viewing each other as competitors alone you know what i mean like obviously they are on some level but but they're they're cooperate i mean it was like at the brewery festival going back to what joe was talking about it's great when you see events like that and you actually get to see these brewers these owners interact and you you can see that it is very much a spirit of camaraderie and cooperation that dominates there and so that's again it, it just it solidifies for me why craft beer is as compelling as it is uh, yeah, David, I totally agree with everything that you said about, you know, kind of reminding you why you became interested in this craft beer thing in general. I think sometimes, you know, you can, sometimes craft beer, quote unquote, can get kind of a, a tough shake, uh, very bro-y. Oh, check out mm -hmm. my beard and twisty mustache and let me talk to you about <laughs> IPAs or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
David, you got to learn to twist yours like Joe. Uh, I know, right? But um, David's but, a but, young uh, pot of wand beard. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll but, get him there. Oh, hey, look, it's happening. Uh, but but really, I mean, there is a lot of like cooperation and um, I dare say solidarity, despite many craft beer enthusiasts probably shuddering at the word. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, and it's you know it's, it's it's those types of things that make uh, you know this kind of participation in this like subculture or whatever interesting. Like collaborations are always interesting when like you know two breweries that kind of do different things get together to make a thing that exemplifies what they both do best. That's like fun and exciting. Just like something like this that's totally unprecedented and we have nothing to compare it to is also mm-hmm. very exciting to see somebody like Marcus take the initiative in this very unique and bold way. And honestly, like I can't imagine how much work that, you know, he's had to put into this to make it I can't. Yeah, as successful right. as it has. And to make sure everyone checks out the way, you know, that you would want them to, to be participating in this. Like he really kind of put the scene on his back in a way and was like, you know what? Craft beer has not always been the most inclusive, uh, you know, scene. What can I do not only to further, promote inclusivity and like bring people's attention to these kinds of things, but to also take, find a way to take it out of craft beer into the world in a way that actually has some kind of impact and benefit to people who might not even ever think about craft beer, but Mm -hmm. money is being funneled into these organizations that can, you know, still help those people anyway. Um, even though they're not participants in the culture. The podcast is beer in the movie, and if you listen to a typical episode, it's more movie. Movie takes up more real estate in the time that we spend together than beer does. So I really appreciate the idea that we had an opportunity to talk beer. Yeah, for sure. And maybe maybe we go round robin about the movies that we've been watching that aren't on the podcast, but we don't even have to do that because, like I said at the top, and you guys reiterated. In the craft beer world, we have never seen anything like this before. So, of course, we're excited to gather these beers, taste these beers, review these beers. So, if you have got, like I've got right now in my refrigerator, one or two each, I think, of of each of the ones we discussed, plus that variant that Rebel Toad did Mm -hmm. that we didn't even review – if you've got those in your fridge and you want your favorite podcasters to, to taste those and talk about them on the air, we will talk about I, I, We haven't even discussed this, guys, but if someone sends us a Black is Beautiful from anywhere, we will talk about it in a future episode. Because oh, it's, sure. it's yeah. so exciting to put these things side by side and see what the craft brewery world has come up with. So send us some beers. IM us if that's something you might intend on and want to do. I'm sure we'll do a trade with you. Slide in the DMs. Yeah, slide into <laughs> our DMs. But it's, um, like, it's like Yo Gotti once said. Yeah. It goes down in the DMs. It goes down in the DMs, <laughs> y'all. Uh, yeah, and we are, you know, seeking out other variants from different breweries, and we will be sliding them into uh, future episodes. And Can't we'll wait. You. I'll say one movie I watched that I don't think we're going to do for the show that I liked a lot was a movie called The Long Dumb Road, uh, starring yeah. Jason Manzukis and the kid who was the uh, bellhop from Grand Budapest Hotel. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Right, um, I know you're talking about, yeah. But yeah, it's this kid. He's going off to college. He's like driving from 
somewhere in Texas where he lives to LA to go to art school, runs into this kind of, uh, wild card, uh, mechanic guy that helps him fix his car. And so he agrees to give him a ride. And then, you know, this crazy Jason Manzoukas mechanic character, like fucks his kid's life up for a little bit. Uh, How but, uh, what's up? How did this get made? <laughs> Uh, I, what I, I did. What I did. Okay. I have okay. found this game. We got it. Horrible. I, yeah. <laughs> I found. I found the justwatch.com. Dot, dot, just it's a great website to figure out what's streaming where, and oh, you can yeah, yeah. you you can create a watch list there. And I put on my watch list a bunch of movies from 2019 and 2018 that I hadn't seen yet. So I finally caught up with, believe it or not, because. I just somehow along the way I lost interest, which is weird given my upbringing. The last episode of the Star Wars series, the, oh, the yeah. Rise of Skywalker. I forgot you just watched that. That's a piece of shit. Okay, David, your Interesting. turn. Interesting. Okay, well, we're gonna leave that there. We're not gonna touch good that. Good part. We're gonna leave that part, there. Good yeah. part, but if that's the last one, oof. We'll let that one well, sit. Let that go one ahead, sit David. Right. David, you watch anything interesting? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have. I've actually been doing a lot of Turner Classic stuff just because it yeah, had days available to, to be just <laughs> watching old films. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any of those that have really stood out, but I think probably the best thing that I watched recently with the family was Scott Pilgrim, uh, uh. which you know i had loved but i guess aaron hadn't seen and certainly my girls hadn't so Fuck, it's the, so good it is it's a great film and and it's fun to remind myself how much i love edgar wright i can't wait until his next film comes out i mean man that movie brie larson chris evans uh michael Sarah, jason schwartzman aubrey plaza anna kendrick like it is a Pretty, who's who of uh, late era. Most of those people weren't like big at that time yet, though. Certainly, no, they, Brie they Larson, all, Aubrey Plaza, Anna Kendrick—they hadn't like blown I up. Mean, Sarah was probably at the end of his his uh, ascent. Yes, and, definitely. And gone, but but all the rest of them, you're right, were, yeah. were very much at the early I stages. Guess maybe yeah. Jason Schwartzman had been like here and there at that. I mean, he did yeah. more at that well, point. He, but he's you know. he's more of a Gen Xer too, so he, yeah, he was kind fair. of the older of that. I, I noticed that when I listed my movie, no one said Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, we all know. Uh, Everyone knows. All right. All right. Well, we all what a know, beautiful what a beautiful know. little episode yeah. it is, and and we're excited. And like Joe said, I think it was great to to get to tip the scale a little more towards beer than movie this time. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening. Let us know what you think about whatever Black is Beautiful variant happens to be out there in your neighborhood. Though I'm not going to have all the stuff to rattle off here that Carlos normally does about. I was you like, know, is David Twitter. doing it? Is David taking charge on the sign off? Beer movie show on Twitter? Is that what we have? Beer uh, movie Texas something? <laughs> yeah. Um, like David said, let us know all the stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. You can find us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, beerandmoviepodcast.com. Rate and review us, Apple Podcasts, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you already know what the fuck it is. Um, and so this has been a fun little mini episode. And until next time. Black is beautiful. Thank you.